the Sarai in Mysore has a recorded history of over four centuries. It was first celebrated in the Kingdom of Mysore during the reign of Raja Vadyar in the 17th century. The Vadyars of Mysore have carried forward the tradition and have preserved the sacred practice all these years, more so significant now under the new order where kingship no longer exists. Today, Mysore Dasara is celebrated as a state festival and is a global spectacle. I am fortunate to be born into the family which has preserved this rich cultural legacy and heritage. My mother, late Maharaj Kumari Srimati Meenakshi Devi Avaru, was the second daughter of late Maharaja Sri Jayacham Rajavadyar, the last ruler of the Kingdom of Mysore. I am entering into my 40th year soon and I can say that for the most part we have celebrated the Navratri festival along with my maternal family in Mysore. My maternal uncle, late Maharaja Shri Shrikantadatta Narasimha Rajavadyar and my aunt Maharani Dr. Pramoda Devi Vadyar have played the pivotal role in safeguarding and continuing these ancient rituals and ceremonies unbroken for all these years. I have had the wonderful opportunity to witness these rituals and ceremonies from close quarters and I take it upon myself to share my experiences with you all through this podcast. With about a fortnight to go before the commencement of Navaratri festivities, our house in Bangalore would start buzzing with activity. The clothes needed for the festivities would be removed from the cupboards and checked. Our in-house tailor Nagendra Rao would be summoned to carry out alterations if needed or stitch a new set altogether. My mother's beautiful Banaras saris would come out from the storage vaults. These would be worn by her and my sister Jayapala Shriyanil. During the main festive days in Mysore, a visit to the bank locker to bring out the jewellery, a quick run to the family jeweller in case of any repairs, my father's ceremonial sword would be removed from the safe locker and would receive a good buff and polish. Turbans checked and we are almost set now. On the first day of Navaratri, we would generally commence with the rituals at home and the Purohits would be given the Sankalpa to carry on the rituals in our absence as we would be travelling to Mysore. The drive to Mysore those days was pleasurable. The roads were good, traffic was tolerable, a beautiful avenue of trees bordered the highways forming an emerald green canopy and in a couple of hours we would be in Mysore. We would target getting to Mysore by the 4th or 5th day of Navaratri coordinating it with the rest of the family to make sure we all get to Mysore around the same time. Once we reach Mysore, we would head straight to the palace and drive past the elephants tethered within the palace fort to get a quick glimpse of them. The elephants would have arrived about a month prior to the festivities from the respective forest camps and would undergo a structure training regiment in preparation for the Jambu Savari. Once inside the palace, we would head straight to meet our most gracious hosts, my maternal uncle and aunt, and other members of the family who would have arrived ahead of us. Pleasantries and greetings exchanged, a program for the next few days would be chalked out. We number about 35 to 40 members in my maternal family across three generations. In my early years, my grand-aunt Rani Vijaya Devi of Kotada Sangni, sister of Maharaja Sri Jai Chamrajavadir, would also attend the festivities. Many people have asked me if anyone stays at the Mysore Palace at all. Yes was my answer. The palace is the permanent residence of the Maharaja of Mysore and continues to be inhabited. 
The portion that is open for tourists is only a part of the palace. The rest of the building houses the residential quarters and offices and occupies more than 60% of the whole complex. There are numerous rooms, large courtyards, long corridors which connect different parts of the palace. They also double up as informal sitting areas and a gallery for the numerous artifacts and heirlooms. Big family rooms like the library, the green room, the state drawing room, Gagana Malike, was where the family socialized. Dining rooms for different occasions, bedrooms for each of the families, the Kas Devaramane, Vani Vilasa Devaramane, storerooms, offices, staff quarters, kitchens, multi-purpose halls, so on and so forth. Abutting the main building, you have the elephant and equine stables, cattle stalls, kennels, security room, the palace archives, and about a dozen ancient and sacred temples. Yes, it is a living palace. It's the people who make the festival colourful and meaningful. It's the time when families come together with a simple mantra, more the merrier. For us, Dasra was the time when the entire family meets and celebrates the festivities with gaiety and joy. We stay together, dine together. There is so much that happens beyond the rituals. As children, we received informal training on good behaviour. As a matter of fact, my aunt, Maharaj Kumari Srimati Kamakshi Deviyavaru, in order to bring out the best behaviour in us children, would set up an impromptu competition on who will be the most obedient during a stay in Mysore. The one who does well was rewarded with a little gift of chocolates. I must say that eventually we were all winners. The lessons we learnt then on the basic values and courtesies have remained with us. I must share this about my uncle. My older daughter Jayadriti used to be a slow eater. She would start eating much before us and finish much after we finished. There have been numerous occasions where my uncle has sat up with us waiting for his grandniece to finish her meal even though he had an option of leaving the table once he finished. He treated all of us with lots of love and affection. Family time was fun time. We cousins were outdoors most of the time and the palace complex formed a perfect playground for us. From playing hide and seek, various running and catching games, board games, role plays, we used to pretend to be mahouts tending to our elephants and much more. We were all over the palace, every nook and corner, exploring and even climbing up to the highest dome of the palace. My cousins Pratap, Samyukta, Aditya and I would always stop by a glass cabinet in one of the corridors that housed a huge collection of dinky toy cars that belonged to my uncle. It was something he passionately collected from his childhood. One day, he observed that we were all gaping at his collection of toy cars. He quietly walked up to his room, got the keys, opened the cabinet and gave each one of us a toy car with which we played till the end of the festivities. My aunt Maharaj Kumari Srimati Indrakshi Devyavaru would take us on a tour of the old residential quarters which was not being used anymore and would show us the royal school rooms, their bedrooms, also narrate about all the mischievous things they did as children. I particularly remember the punishment corner in my grandmother's room where the naughty lot spent a lot of the time which included my uncle, my mother and Indranti. The other important aspect of a stay at the palace was the interaction we would have with the animals. As children, we would wake up early and make our way down to the stables to see the horses. 
We would begin by feeding them lucerne and other green fodder. Go around all the stalls and familiarize ourselves with them. There was one horse who intrigued us all. The Patta the Kudre, the state horse. He was a grey pony and during the festivities, they would have dyed his mane and tail with the colours of the rainbow. He would look like he's just jumped out of a fairy tale book. We would spend more than an hour watching them in the paddocks, being groomed in the stalls. And once the morning feed was given, we would leave from there. Our next stop was with the elephants. When we were growing up, the mighty Drona was the Ambaryani, the one who would carry the golden howler during the Jambu Savari. He was a big bull elephant with magnificent tusks. He possessed the perfect physique to enable him to do the job on hand and also the right temperament. The other elephant that aroused our interest was Manohara, the state elephant or Pattadani. He had a calm demeanor which enabled us children to approach him even when his mahout wasn't around. He was my favorite elephant. There were a number of other elephants too who would participate in the event including little calves who have accompanied their mothers to Mysore. The elephant calves were a treat to watch. They were so full of life and were very, very playful. My mother and aunts would accompany us and my youngest aunt, my Rajkumari Srimati Vishalakshi Devyavaru, knew the elephants by name and was an expert in elephant behavior as she had raised three orphaned elephant calves in Pandipur. We would feed them some treats like bananas, coconuts and sugarcane before heading back to the palace. My uncle had a few pets. Fluffy, the Lhasa, is the one I remember well. She was possessive of my uncle and aunt. However, we did play with her once in a while. The stables also housed cows that were used as the Pattadahasu and bullocks which were used to pull the golden palanquin and the silver chariot during the procession. A few camels too completed the count. Festivals are incomplete without food and during Dasara, we would be treated to some lip-smacking delicacies of Mysore and some which were probably only made in the palace. Breakfast was more informal. We would have it at staggered times, meaning as and when each one of us got ready. Typically, breakfasts included shakata upit, kanchan roti with kem chutney, akki roti with chutney, shavge upit, puri sagu, to name a few. During lunch, the entire family would assemble at the Dodda Uttadmane. We all would sit in age order on a low mane with a kal mane for the plantain leaf and plate. The food served during lunch was typical Mysore style with rice dominating the menu and gatti saru being everyone's favorite. Kadamba bath, huliyanna, batani saru were the other specialities. Mysore Park, Badusha, Eriappa, Obattu were some of the sweets we all savored. Prasada from the various temples from within the palace fort and Chamudi hills would be served first. This included Sakkare Pongal, Huli Avalakki, Shavike Paisa, Panchamrita, among others. It was a treat to our taste buds. Dinners were rather simpler and would be at the smaller dining room. This was also the time when we all sat discussing all in sundry, from the great epics the current political situation, world affairs and wildlife, childhood recollections, history, literally any topic that caught our attention. As we all know, 
The Puranic rituals connected with Navratri flow down from the sacred text Devi Mahatmaya, which elaborately describes all the ceremonies and rituals to be followed. From assembling the fabled golden throne in Damba Villa's Darbar Hall, commencement of the Navratri rituals and ceremonies from the first day of Ashwayuja Masa, invoking divine blessings to the throne and then worshipping the throne before ascending it, worshipping of the family deity Chamundeshwari at the Kannadi Totti, worshipping the nine forms of Durga on the nine days, Ayudha Puja and Vijayadashami Pujas were all performed with utmost piety and devotion, seeking universal good by my uncle. Darbar was a ceremonial observance of the age-old tradition. My uncle, dressed in royal robes, would first seek the blessings of Atma Vilas Ganapati, then proceed to the ornate Amba Vilas Darbar Hall, where he would perform Aarti to the throne and with utmost humility ascend the throne. The Mysore anthem, Kayo Shri Gauri, would be played as my uncle takes salute. After he was seated, the state's word and seal would be placed next to him and the official bard would call out the royal titles and genealogy. The palace musicians would continue to play the vadya during the entire ceremony. All attendees of the darbar would be appropriately dressed in customary long coat, Mysore peta, with a belt and a sword, or valli. My uncles, late Sardar K.B. Ramchandrajaras or Sri R. Radhachandra or my father, late Sardar M.R. Lakshmikant Rajaras or in their absence, any senior official from the palace would offer my uncle flower garlands, turai, rose water, attar, ganda and suttavilya. Thereafter, they would pay their respects to him and the royal throne. The senior ladies of the house our uncles Maharaj Kumar Shri Dev and Thakur Shri Gajendra Singh and as children along with guests would be seated in a special gallery to the left of the throne. The Darbar officials would offer garlands and vilya to all the attendees and the Muttedes would offer Arishna Kunkuma to the ladies present and we children would be treated with some Kempukal Sakre. Normally the ceremony would last for about 20 to 30 minutes and it was a grand spectacle though a private affair. During the Darbar, the state elephant, the state horse and the state cow would assemble in the Savar Thutti and offer their respects to my uncle. After the Darbar, the ladies of the house led by my aunt would perform Pada Puja and Aarti to my uncle, followed by all us children paying our respects to him. After the Aarti, he would proceed to the Devramane for the final ritual, the evening Aarti to the family deity Chamundeshwari. This routine was followed for nine days, with the exception of the first day when the Darbar was conducted in the morning after elaborate pujas to the throne. On the seventh day of Navaratri, after the evening Darbar, special pujas are conducted to Chamundeshwari as it signifies the day when the demon Mahishasura was killed. When we were younger, we would watch the puja from the corridor near my uncle's room on the first floor, where we would get a good view of the entire ritual. Later years, we would go down to Kanadi Totti to witness the puja from close quarters. A cable rocket firecracker would be tied from the hand of Chamundi to the neck of the buffalo model. The Purohit would then light the firecracker at the appropriate moment 
when the ritualistic texts describe Chamundeshwari slaying the demon Mahishasura. The cracker would rocket down to the neck of the buffalo and burst. One of the Purohits would then remove the head of the buffalo and from inside emerges the demon Mahishasura. Thereafter, a pot filled with kumkuma water would be poured on Mahishasura, signifying his slaying. The entire ceremony with the vadya, the gantenada, and the dim lights emanating from the oil lamps and mashals would add a lot of mysticism to this ritual. On the day of Mahanavami, the Khas Ayudas would be sent to the Someshwara temple for a ritualistic cleansing. Thereafter, it would be brought back and placed in the Kalyana Mantapa for the Aida Puja to be conducted by my uncle later the same morning. I have had the opportunity to take part in this early morning ritual over a dozen times and in the later years, the honour of carrying the state's ward as well. At the auspicious time, my uncle wearing ceremonial royal robes would perform the Aida Puja to the, uh, in the Kalyana Mantapa, followed by the Gaja, Ashwa and Go Puja at the adjoining Savartoti, along with worshipping the silver chariot, the golden palanquin and his motor cars. The highlight of the day was the English band of the state police. The symphonic sounds would resonate through the entire palace. All of us would wait for this day and my aunts would send down a list of their favourite tunes to be played by the band. They would play the Mysore anthem when my uncle arrived at the Savar Totti and at the end of the ceremonies, both times he would take the royal salute. The same evening, my uncle would have performed a final arti to the throne after descending from it, signifying its visarjane until next year. After performing puja to Chamundeshwari at Kanadi Thotti, he would proceed to take darshan of Amal Devatamma. We would accompany him at times or go along with her aunt later. The beating of the drums and the gong of the jakte would reverberate through the halls. A thick cloud of smoke from the Sambrani would have enveloped the room. On Dashami morning, my uncle would perform Uttara Puja to the Kasayudas in the Kalyanamantapa and thereafter cut a pumpkin signifying sacrifice. At that precise moment, two pairs of wrestlers from the Jetty clan would commence the Vajramushti Kadaga in the specially prepared Akada in Savartoti. The fight lasts for about a few minutes till one of the wrestlers draws blood. Thereafter, my uncle would proceed for the Vijayatre by sending the Kas Ayudas ahead in the golden palanquin to the Bhuvaneshwari temple. He would then ascend the silver chariot and would follow the Ayudas along with the entire royal retinue. After performing puja to the Ayudas under the sacred Bannimara, he would return to the palace with the entire entourage. This would draw curtains to the private rituals and ceremonies pertaining to Navaratri celebration. Once back in the palace, my uncle and aunt would oversee the tying of the howdah from the first floor library room and give necessary instructions to the palace staff and government officials to ensure that the howdah is securely fastened onto the elephant. We would all occupy different windows and watch the howdah being tied. The state government would carry out the jambu savari in the afternoon with the elephant carrying the golden howdah with goddess Chamundeshwari seated in it. My uncle, along with the Honourable Governor and Chief Minister of the State, would flag off the procession by offering flowers to the deity atop the cattle and elephant. Over 100,000 people throng Mysore to witness this grand spectacle. Dasara meant a lot for all of us. As you can infer from my narration, we cherished every moment we were at Mysore.
life brings us tears smiles and memories the tears dry the smiles fade but the memories last forever wish you all a happy dasara thank you